Hi, I'm Matt Kierkegaard, and thanks to Cryo Malt, this is Beer is a Conversation. This week we catch up with Grant Warren, who, together with his wife Jazz, launched Modus Operandi Brewing almost exactly four years ago. From the very start, Modus had a major impact on the beer market. Just months after opening, the brewery won a swag of trophies, including being named Champion Small Brewery at the then Craft Beer Industry Association Awards. They were at it again this year, being named the Champion Large Brewery at the newly renamed Independent Beer Awards in June. As the team that now comprises 30 people celebrates its fourth birthday this week, we chat with Grant about their journey. We also talk about their commitment to quality, look at the importance of fresh beer and cold distribution, and the challenges that Modus has faced with growth. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome to Radio Brews News. G'day, mate. Thanks for having me. Mate, this is a very, very long overdue chat about um, Modus, uh, Modus Operandi, which is uh, your um, brewery. We have spoken to you in the past after the IBA conference back in 2016 uh, when we were in Brisbane about the numbers. You were getting the numbers together for the IBA, but I just suddenly uh, realised that we've never actually had you on uh, talking about all things Modus. So uh, welcome and apologies for the delay. Uh, not a problem. Better late than never. Thanks, <laughs> thanks Matt. No, happy, happy to be chatting to you. It's got nothing to do with the fact that we wear blue jerseys down here, not maroon ones, is it? No, 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 no. Prof, uh, Prof's from uh, Melbourne, so uh, I, I guess we can uh, sort of meet in our mutual dislike of uh, the, the Blues, but uh, that would seven, <laughs> never stop us from getting you on the, uh, uh, on the podcast. Uh, very good, very good. No, happy to be here. Good to, good to chat. Uh, now, mate, one of the things that's prompted uh, the, the chat is you guys are just coming up, uh, I think, well, we're recording this on the 23rd, Monday the 23rd of July, and uh, in five days, I believe you guys are celebrating your fourth birthday. Yep, we have our fourth birthday coming up uh, this Saturday night at the at the at the brewery. Um, yeah, four years feels like about four weeks, and <laughs> and a lot has happened in that time. But uh, yeah, very it's very exciting. Well, look, uh, there's been a lot of headlines written by uh, Modus, you know, not least for the quality of the uh, beers you make. And, uh, you know, I, I think just a couple of months after you opened back in 2014, uh, there was a, you had a procession up to the dais for the uh, um, Craft Beer Awards. You, you, I think you took out Champion Small Brewery in those days. Yeah, we won a, won a few that night back in 2014. And this year took out Champion Large Brewery, which uh, had, had Jazz, when she accepted the trophy, uh, a, a little bit um, bewildered that you guys were a large brewery these days. <laughs> yeah, I think I think maybe they might want to check their uh, their uh, categories there at the IVA. I'm sure they're looking into it. But um, yeah, we look. We were pretty chuffed because it means we've we've taken out small, medium, and large, and all through you know organic growth through the through the through our, our same facility which we started in. Um, so yeah, it's kind of got a nice ring to it to have um, taken out all all three categories. So yeah, pretty pretty chuffed for the crew and, and everyone that's part of Modus these days to, to take that out. Um, and it always, it's always pretty cool to win the IPA trophy too. 
Absolutely. One of the things that uh, I wanted to have a chat to you about is, uh, you know, the, the, the story, and I you know, would refer people to, uh, you know, for example, the Crafty Pint um, article uh, or, or listing on, on you guys talking about how you and Jazz travelled around the States and uh, you, you had a, an interest in beer beforehand um, and you, you travelled around the States for six months, I believe, and came back. Did, did you have the preconception of opening a brewery before you travelled and came back to implement that? Yeah, that's right. So we pretty much um, had always had this festering idea to, to do it, uh, but not, not the money to do a bells and whistles on the ocean kind of little creatures style brewery, but we always wanted to do one. Um, so we really set off back in oh, many years ago now, wherever it was to, to live in the States in a motorhome, And we basically went to multiple breweries every day um, around the West coast and through the Colorado region uh, where we, sort of, you know, cherry-picked all the good ideas and chucked out all the bad ideas that we liked about the, the scene over there and um, with the intention of coming back and uh, kicking it off here. Why did you go to the, the, the US to learn um, a little bit about it? Was it to immerse yourself in the, the culture or, you know, just uh, why, why did you choose the States to, uh, to really investigate? I think culture was the, the key word there. It, it was about choosing the right beer culture and 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 from from my knowledge of of beer back in back in those times was the u.s was the leading culture of craft beer not by volumes not by uh, any other metric but the culture itself was um was was a leading one so we you know our vision you know was about um rolling out or, or you know starting help create that culture from from where we came from um Back, back home on the on the northern beaches. So there was a brewery already existing back in the day that you know now owned by CUB, um, and who, who kicked off um, in in Manly. And then you know ourselves, we we felt that um, you know the northern part of the northern beaches where we're from was was um, was really lacking, and there was was an opportunity to do something. And we also looked at other areas as well. Um, but uh, Monavale won out at the end of the day. But for us, it was about the culture of, of U.S. craft beer, and we felt like with, with that sort of industrial grungy feel that our, our brew pub does have, um, we we felt we could learn most about that in the states, not not locally, unfortunately, at the time. If you were to describe um, what you wanted to create with Modus, I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, I just love beer. I wanted to make a career doing what I loved. But when you dig a little bit deeper, there's a, a more of a philosophy behind it. How would you sum up the, the the modus philosophy? This is a little bit cheesy, but I'll say it anyway. Beer first, no shortcuts. So we wanted to be um, creating the very best beer, and we weren't going to um, what I always talk about, which which is price point brewing. We wanted to turn that on its head and say, this is what we want to craft or create our beer from an ingredients first mentality and build the beer from there. And the, and the, the price sort of flows out the back end of that. And we felt that there was a consumer that was unserviced in that part, much like you've seen with, you know, um, high quality wines in Australia over the years. I had this view that, you know, the beer drinker was not necessarily well serviced um, from a quality point of view. They were from a price point of view, uh, but not a quality one. So we wanted to sort of flip that on its head and, Hence the the beer first, no shortcuts mantra that we still live by today. It's one of those things that, you know, just about every. It, it's one of the most debased um, 
you know, marketing terms that you can have uh, short of you know, using the phrase craft or the word craft. Um, you know, everyone from CUB in line down say we only use the finest ingredients. Um, mm. And what does that mean? After pra- they've chosen their price point. <laughs> I, and, and that's the thing. So, you know, yeah. uh, is the proof of the pudding in the eating or, you know, is there more that you can point to or that, that you do um, to, to really get in and get those ingredients that you want or get the finest ingredients or the, the ones that will uh, let you create the beers that you want to create? Well, it, sp- it spreads beyond the beer that we, we want to create and it's it's more of a measure and ethos through the whole company all the way through storage, sales and distribution of our product. Um, yeah, so it, it is a it is a, a company wide mantra, um, and and one you know one that we happily and proudly live by. Um, so you know we do things that frankly cost more, um, and you know they may you know some would argue they may affect sales by doing them, um, and I'm sure we'll talk more about that further on. But it, yeah, it's a company company-wide kind of mantra that um, not just the ingredients that go into making that beer, but also the process, the equipment, the skill and the, the labour that goes into it is also top-notch. And and so is the way we treat it at the back end when it gets to our consumer. One of the things that has come up a little bit um, that I wanted to talk to you about is beer freshness. Um, and it's something that I'm really struggling with in my own internal to debates about what matters and at what point it becomes more important. But you hear a lot of brewers talking about we want to make the finest beer. Um, you know, we, we want beer that really celebrates flavours and then they'll often celebrate, you know, hashtag faff um, or fresh as fuck. But then they're quite willing to let the beer sit on a shelf for nine months. And, you know, when particularly with hop forward beers, um, I, I don't know anyone would argue that their beer is going to be anywhere near what it was when it started, mm. when it when it's that old. And yet they don't seem to see a, an, an internal conflict between brewers that say that celebrate the quality of their beer on one hand, but then commit it to a, a distribution system that they know that the consumer really is rarely going to get it anywhere near that quality. Conflict's a strong word, but you know the short answer is probably yes. Um, it, 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 it's a it's a it's a large complex issue, but. Um, you know, and you could have a debate around ownership and, and, you know, who's making calls at the company and how financially motivated they are. Um, and and I, I think, you know, you sort of need to mix all that together um, to get a, a real picture of, of um, how much freshness matters to, to, to individual brewers. But I can, you know, happily talk about us and what it, what it means to us. And it's, it's, it's paramount. You know, we've, we've basically turned up to the birthday party in our birthday suit with everything <laughs> everything bared. Um, you know, we, we put a packed on date on our cans. Um, we don't put a best before date. We, we tell and, and contract the retailer to store that, that beer cold. Um, no other brewer that I'm aware of does, has that relationship with their retailers. Um, we, we do everything we can on behalf of our consumer uh, to make sure that the beer they receive when they when they buy a Modus is the best possible beer, not just the ingredient side and, and creating the beer, um, but also the process of getting it to the customer. So, you know, we took distribution in-house very early from day one in Modus. So 
within the brewery, we, we, we distribute in a cold truck, uh, cold to venues from our cool rooms direct to customer um, within you know a large area of New South Wales. You know we've we've taken steps really just to ensure that that freshness and product quality, which we spend a bloody long time, you know, getting right into the can is uh, is replicated on the other side of the transaction, which is you know distribution and storage. How do you go through at the brewery and work out how your beer holds up? You know, what sort of testing do you do in, in-house to sort of work out how long you should be putting on, on, on a beer as it's at shelf life or, you know, how long it, uh, how well it stands up in trade? We constantly drink and taste our beer. We conduct um, weekly uh, tasting panels, um, which is, uh, you know, compulsory attendance for staff from various parts of our business. Uh, and, you know, that, that feedback on the tasting panel from both internally within our staff and externally with customers that that rotate in and out on our on our, our panel is critical to, to how you know we present our beer and that feedback's taken really seriously. So, you know, there is customer facing feedback on our, on how our beer is tasting. There's internal feedback from tasting panels. Uh, and then there's also, you know, the scientific measures that we, we measure on the way in into the package, you know, dissolved oxygen levels, which we, from from a lab point of view, spend a lot of time doing as well. So, yeah, there, there's a series of checks and balances there to ensure that the, the product is continually of a really high standard. So what changes does your beer go through, uh, you know, as it starts getting on over one month, two months, three months? You, you use a lot of hops. Your, your beers tend to be very hop forward. Um, what yep. do you notice about the beers as, as, as they age? The most immediate one, you know, when you're getting beyond the, you know, and this assumes all, this, this comment sort of applies to assuming the beer's been stored correctly, you know, sub sub four degrees uh, from the start, which, um, you know, we like to think for motor beers it has been. Um, you know, depending on the beer and, and the, the particularly the, the dry hop regime, you do get, you know, less pop in the, in the aroma in the nose after, you know, after many months to some, you know, on on our tasting panels, you know that's discernible after after a couple or a few months. Um, to others, like a, a you know external parties on our tasting panel, can't determine it after six months. So it it is a horses for courses thing. Um, but you know the one of the immediate impacts is um, you know how how fresh and hoppy the beer smells. Um, and then the the sort of secondary. Uh, impact is more around the malt character in the beer on, on a on a taste level, so it does get more rounded and, and more malt characteristics coming through with really long aged beers, you know, that we've tested. But we're we're pretty happy with how our beer moves off the shelves and the amount we produce. So there is a good supply demand balance there, um, so that hopefully you know you aren't getting beers on the shelves in your local retailer that 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 are old, and and, and you know you do see that with beers on in, in in this market you know you don't know when they're brewed um they've they've got a best before date that you know could be 12 15 two years from the date they've been packed and it's just confusing for the customer um you know we don't do that we just put the packed on date and we try and educate the the customer that our beer is 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 best fresh and the fresher fresher it is um the the better for the customer but we don't really you know with that debate comes the natural question, um, you know, when when does all of a sudden your beer become 
not as fresh or not as drinkable. And that's, that's, um, you know, it, it's hard to put a definitive answer around that. Um, some of our beers, you know, hold up better than others. Depends on the beer, the ABV, um, and, and various other factors. So I think the, the education piece for our customers is just drink it as fresh as possible. And, uh, we don't, flood markets with beers where they will sit around for, for, for nine or 12 months um, or even longer where they're not drinking at their best. It's hard to put a date, you know, in, in, with this question, inevitably a consumer wants to know a date as to when you should or shouldn't be drinking. And, and I think all brewers agree it's, it's not that black and white. Mm. And, and that's where um, speaking to some of the larger retails, for example, uh, you know, a lot of importers and a lot of brewers want to point the finger at the large retailers and say, well, we put 12 months on our beer because we're told we have to if we're going to retail. And yet you, you speak to the retailers and they still say, well, we actually want people to know their beer and put mm. the right date on and then we'll back them and work with them to, to do that. Um, but and, mm. and that's, I guess, what I was getting at. There seems to sort of be an element of compromise, um, you know, the, the practical realities between making great beer and nobody wants to come out and say, well, we make ordinary beer. <laughs> but they do seem willing to compromise to get the distribution that they uh, feel that they need to grow their business. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, that's a business person's choice, I guess. Um, you know, we... we proudly state we're a product first company and and you know that's key to to um our success is is how our product presents itself in the market um and and freshness um is a is a is a key part of that and uh, like you know philosophically i just think that the days of you know hiding behind a a, a random best before day um Philosophically and personally, I, I feel those days are, are gone. I understand why people do it, why they might say they need to do it and they, they can't change. But I think the market's moved, frankly. And beer is a product that degrades over time. We all know that. We all agree that. And as such, um, we, sh- we should be putting the, the packed on date uh, so the customer can decide. You, you did uh, say um, or allude there to your success, and you guys have undoubtedly been uh, very successful over the four years, including champion small brewery and champion large brewery, and a swag of you know golden trophies in in, in amongst there. Um, you've, you've grown from uh, you know, I think when you and uh, your, your partner Jazz um, opened, you know, DJ McCready was a was a big name and a big element in in, in your founding. Um, DJ moved on, and I, I believe you've now got. 30 staff working for you close to yeah across the across the venue and the um venue and the the production sales and distribution side we do we just lost one unfortunately my uh my wife uh has gone on maternity leave so uh we are we're, we're almost like not having her around despite having five down but uh <laughs> we we battle we, we battle on um yeah so we yeah we have had um phenomenal growth that is uh that we're really proud about and we have you know had success as you mentioned the awards which again we're, we're proud of that um but we you know we're for a little brewer just up on the northern beaches we just kind of get on with doing what we do and um keep keep doing it i mean that's 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 what we enjoy doing we are um yeah we're, we're close to 30 odd staff these days yeah and it's it's grown uh far beyond what i thought it would um which is cool and brings its own challenges as well. But um, philosophically, we're still that same 
same brewery that kicked off, um, you know, four years ago this as of this Saturday with a beer first mantra. But what are some of the challenges in growing and as you get, you know, when you've got founders, you've got a an approach and philosophy, how do you manage to, you know, like acquire, you know, as I said, DJ moved on um, and you've had a, a, you've got a team of brewers now, um, you know, just getting that philosophy, inculcating them with that philosophy um, so, you know, you guys can have a holiday or, you know, Jazz can go off on leave um, and, and, and you know that you're still going to have people who, produce the beer that you founded uh, starting? Frankly, it's a team effort. Like there's a series of dedicated people on our sales side, on our production side that, you know, fundamentally just love what they do. Um, they like doing it for, for, for us, for Modus, and, and they believe in what they do. So I think um, philosophically it's, you know, it's a team, it's a cultural thing um, that we're pretty, you know, we're, we're pretty chuffed about. Uh, and, you know, if people like what they do and they're passionate about what they do, um, you know, the, it, it shows in, in, in the output. So, yeah, I think we have we have grown. Um, how do we maintain that? I don't know. That's a, that's a real philosophical question. I, I think a uh, fair dose of, of BHW is probably the, uh, <laughs> the easiest answer, but that's bloody hard work. Um, and all our, our staff are... You know, on the on the, we're all we're all singing from the same sheet, really. Um, everyone works really hard. They work um, far harder and are far more passionate than um, other people I've encountered in my in my life. That whether it's on the outside of brewing, but um, yeah, we've just got passionate people that that love what they're doing and and people that want to be the best at what they what they are. I think so. There's a there's a competitive streak, I guess, in our in our crew as well. Just out of interest with those 29 staff, uh, how many litres are you making these days, if that's something that you are willing to discuss? We're less, just under a million litres. Um, we don't don't go into the specifics, but we're um, around that mark. Yep. And, um, yeah, we, uh, yeah, we've got a high number of people for, um, for a brewery producing around that, around that mark. Um, but there's a, very, there's a number of factors... That, that go behind that. It's just a, there is that issue of um, the, particularly the IBA talk about you know job creation, um, and so you know have to have mm. thirty jobs create, created to make it sell one million liters. I think uh, mm. you know, that some of the multinational breweries are looking you know, somewhere around the 0.5 of a job per million liters, and it's mm. uh, just one of those yeah. you know, really important um, stories that uh, the, the the small end of the market is telling to government about. Uh, the, the the job creation potential of what are inherently inefficient breweries. Yeah, uh, exactly. I'm pretty stoked to be able to say, you know, we are a, a large employer in our small local Northern Beaches community. You know, we'd be considered a medium to large employer. Um, there are multinational businesses around us that, you know, have their head offices in facilities much bigger than ours in, in this local area. And, you know, they're multinational stock exchange listed businesses and, you know, they might have 40 or 50 people in a, in a much, 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 much larger organisation, you know, talking, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue. Um, and they are, they're much more efficient on a, a headcount front. But um, for us, I guess we look at it a different way. We, we have the people that we need and that we want. Um, and we, you know, when things get quieter in winter and things like that we find other jobs for people to do we you know we don't 
lay people off or do the wrong thing. We we like to think we're pretty good to our to our people. Um, and you know we've got a lot of long termers um, at, at Modus. You know, and there's a, there's a lot of other brewers that are that have done a great job too, fostering their talent. Um, but it is a constant challenge. Um, staffing. Uh, you know, there's a lot of other challenges in running a a small people heavy business. Um, but you know, government red tape's another one um, that you know constantly does your head in. Uh, and you know several other things that are you know taxes which detract from your ability to hire people um so yeah we we have the staffing that we that we need for what we produce and what we what we want to do did you realize it was going to be as uh, challenging uh as as it has been when you started probably not no <laughs> probably not uh somewhat naively i i, I guess yeah the i mean when we started I, I think we probably just thought we were just going to be a a brew pub but uh things sort of spiraled out of control from there and here we are talking four years later um <laughs> sending our beers nationally <laughs> um yeah it 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 has it, there are challenges but it's also it's a it's a great industry to be a part of and there's um there's some you know really cool parts of of my day-to-day job that um and and other jobs in the brewing industry that are um just a great part to be of, be a part of, um, and even a small part of it is really cool. So I don't really begrudge those challenges too much because I think we're given a lot of um, uh, a lot of po- positive experiences as well. What was it that, if you wanted to open as a brew pub, what was it that led you to expand? Was it demand driven, or did you just see that there was a potential for it? No, it was demand driven. We had people calling after the first, you know, IBA awards. We had people um, calling us up saying, mate, I want to buy your beers in Shipland to Perth. And I was like, uh, right, okay. Uh, they're like, tell us how much it'll cost. And there I am calculating, you know, return empty keg freight prices, putting it all in the invoice and saying, mate, I'm just warning you, this is how much it's going to cost. Yep, I'll, I'll prepay. <laughs> Thanks very much. We'll take your beer. And, and it just honestly, it snowballed from that. Um, uh, yeah, it was definitely demand driven. Um, so, yeah, we we kind of grew from there, and you know, put more tanks in and continued to expand. Then came the canning line and putting beer in packs—a whole, uh, you know, whole new ball game. Um, so, yeah, we we yeah, we, it was it was it's always been demand driven. Um, our, our our growth. Do you think that's viable going forward? That sort of growth, but also having a national distribution. Um, chain are your beers distinctive enough that they will sort of you know continue to be demanded in Queensland, New South, uh, you know, across New South Wales and Victoria, um, and in, in, into South Australia? The things I look at and see in this business, the, the short and uh, firm answer is yes. Um, you know, they, we, we, you know, we haven't even really scratched the surface of of our points of distribution yet. Um, we're you know we're largely only distributed independently um uh you know there are some east coast bws store rangings but um you know the 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 two major players that control you know whatever is it 80 percent of the 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 beer retailing market we don't even supply to them so we we look after the independent guys first and we've got to this level so we're you know i think that um gives me great confidence in our our business model going forward and our ability to um 
to to grow moving forward. So what what's the next challenge that you face, or you know what what challenges are coming with the growth that you've got at the moment? My next immediate challenge is having my first kid, um, <laughs> uh, which I haven't done before. But uh, but it, from a business point of view, um, you know there are many. There's nothing that I just put my my finger on and say, "All right, this is this is the next big challenge." We're we're putting all energy into this. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we're a, a small business with quite a few levers in that business, and and we're constantly trying to. Um, manage each of those levers you know we've got a a, a really popular venue up here in in, in mona vale um, you know running that is paramount we you know we have uh, a large number of independent customers nationally that we continue to service um you know and there's demand for for that to grow so um yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of there's no overbearing challenge that faces us i think it's um more of the same that we've faced from day naught, really. In, well, in that case, I might throw uh, what we call our Pacey's Poser, um, which is a reader-submitted question. Uh, you know, if you could go back uh, looking over the length of the business, if there was one thing that you could change that would just make a dramatic difference on where you are now, is there anything that you would, uh, you know, that, that sticks out that you would uh, really wish you could change? <laughs> yeah, I'll put my finger on it. Um, we should have stopped trying to squeeze sometimes eight to 12 people uh, into a four-person office much earlier than we did. <laughs> and and what, imp- what, what impact did that have on the business? Uh, it made everyone much, much happier. <laughs> we, yeah, we had this little office at the front of the brew pub, which was pretty much big enough for a, a venue manager and a brewery manager. Um, and at times, we've had meetings with eight, eight people in that place. Um, yeah, we 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 should have got a bigger office much earlier than we did. Um, yeah, that's that's one thing I change. Uh, but along the way, like in all seriousness, what what else should we change? Nothing much. Um, we're, we're we're really proud and happy of what we've achieved to this point. Um, and most of the decisions that have been like the key decisions that have been made along the way have been made, um, you know, by the team, not just one individual. Um, and you know that the team is is all empowering really we've got a group of you know 30 odd employees that all get a say in how we run this business and are really passionate about it and i think a lot of our success goes to that 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 team and and how we include them in day-to-day decisions you've mentioned the team a, a few times one of the things that small brewers tend to mark themselves out by is that you get to know the people um, and there's a face to the brewery, and so you see the the, the celebrity brewer, the cult of the celebrity brewer, um, and that's something that you have, you know, fairly steadfastly uh, avoided talking about. Um, is there a risk then, you know, that if if you don't have individuals associated with the name, then it, it just be, just becomes a brand, and you, you get away from being that small local brewery where everyone knows the brewer's name? I don't think so. I think I think when someone steps foot in in Modus, the physical brewery, they come and have a have a beer at the bar, um, you know, like like all our regular locals do. Um, they know those faces by name. Um, if someone isn't local and they haven't been by the brewery, chances are, you know, we sh- we share the media around the joint. It's not just one person um, that's responsible for it all. You know, people have met. Um, you know. Adam, one of our sales guys, people have met 
Grant or Jazz, people have met Dennis, Kieran, Corey, Evan. Um, you know, they've they've met um, brewers, salespeople, uh, reps, uh, our venue managers. They've 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 met them, and and uh, I think, you know, we probably don't tick all the boxes of a of a of a multinational media strategy in that regard. But we're we're happy not to. We've we're we've done okay to this point, and um, it's worked for us. And uh, just before I let you go, you, uh, as we've talked about, you are celebrating your fourth anniversary, and uh, you've launched a seasonal beer to, to commemorate that. Maybe you can tell me a little bit about that. Well, we've got, we've got a few. Um, the the birthday is going to be really special. I don't know if we've come out with it yet, but um, on tap on the night, we will just have limited releases, uh, and 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 previously not seen beers before. Um, so. We're sort of rewarding our our local guys and and ourselves with um with beers that are, are less familiar uh, to the public. So we have a full twelve tap lineup of limited releases on the night um, until they run out. So that that's that's going to be kind of cool. Um, and that night being the twenty seventh of July. Twenty seventh of July, we did ask our brewers. Um, you know, and there's, there's there's five of them these days. Uh, what were their favourite beer they wanted to 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 brew again? We kind of um, and that was Cascadian Howe, Black IPA. So we've got that being re-released um, ahead of the birthday this weekend. That's our 8.1% Black IPA. Uh, so that's also nationally available in cans, which is cool. Um, and uh, yeah, that'll be. That's what the brewers wanted to redo. So um, we're, we're, we've done that, and uh, that'll that'll get the party started really quickly. And that's getting out. I'll uh, link uh, in the show notes because this will go up uh, tomorrow um, at the time of recording. And uh, it, there's a very limited number of cans and it's been pouring on tap at uh, Modus HQ, the Royston, Victoria, Tipless Tap, Queensland, the Grain Store, Newcastle, the Woolpack, Redfern and the Durham Castle uh, ACT. So I'll, we'll make sure I put that in the show notes uh, for anyone who's trying to track it down. But uh, I was interested in the choice of a um, black IPA because that's one of the styles that I <laughs> sometimes apparently incorrectly point to <laughs> as uh, you know a, a, a style that was thrown up you know, seven, eight years ago, um, had everyone talking, everyone had a black IPA, and then they almost all disappeared and uh, taken up by... Well, you know, a variety of things, and most recently Nipa, and it seems that uh, brewed IPA. But you guys have gone with the classic black IPA. Yeah, look, it, it was uh, the decision around that was just handed over to the brewers. What do you, what beer that we've done before would you most like to see back in the lineup? And it was the, it was the black IPA. Um, it's just a it's a bit of a howling beast, and uh, we 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 tend to like those sort of beers. Um, so yeah, why not brew it again? <laughs> Why not brew it again? <laughs> and if the punters want it, you'll brew it. Will you brew it again, or uh, it's just uh, sometimes? Well, it's it's a, it's available in cans nationally for this time. I, like, do we need? You know, we've got the former tenant and eight percent red IPA in our in our lineup. That's you know got a lot of followers. Um, do we do we need a a black IPA in the core range lineup? I, I don't know. Um, I know a lot of our social media guys will probably. I'll try and uh, have a crack at me for saying that, but yeah, we're, look, we're 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 happy with our our core range at the moment. Um, and look, you know, capacity is a, is a big issue for us at the moment. Like we, we, you know, there's a lot of things we'd like to do, um, but we just can't because we're capacity constrained. Um, but that's 
you know, that's 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 the nature of what we've got. So, you know, we work with it, not against it. <laughs> well, we might uh, touch base with you in a little while and see how you're managing those capacity constraints. But, uh, Grant, thank you very much for joining <laughs> us on uh, Radio Brews News, on Beer as a Conversation. And particularly, congratulations on four years of uh, making, you know, it's not just me saying this, it's uh, certainly got the awards to prove uh, awesome beers. And uh, yeah, all, all the best for the future of the brewery, and particularly all the best uh, and much love to you and Jazz as you, uh, you know, bring in a, a, a new modus into the world. And another, a, a sixth brewer. A sixth brewer. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, and uh, yeah, cheers for the kind words. Good, good man. Thank you. And that was Grant Warren. And we send Jazz and Grant our very best wishes as they count down to the birth of their first child. Don't forget, if you like what we do at Radio Brews News, you can help us out in a number of ways. You can sponsor the show, either by a small monthly contribution or through a one-off donation. You can find details in the show notes. You can review our podcast on iTunes or your favourite podcasting service. Let us know what you think and help others discover the show. Finally, you can tell us directly what you think by sending an email to producer at brewsnews.com.au. All letters received will receive a Brews News bottle opener. And thanks to our good friends at Beer Cartel, the letter of the week will receive a mixed six-pack of Australian craft beer. When Brews News cast and crew are buying online, we buy at Beer Cartel. We love hearing your thoughts on the stories we cover because beer is a conversation. And we look forward to another conversation next week. (laughs) 